day, another episode on The Untold. Today, we have some beautiful, beautiful stories. Yes. I'm joined by Ahmed Mazidi, as usual. Hassan yes. Al-Ajouz. Hassan Al-Ajouz. How do you feel? I feel great. It's been an interesting week this week. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, colorful guests uh, this session. That's true. That's and true. today's guest is a friend of mine. Yeah. We are... We've met like maybe, I don't know, the last two years or something. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And she's from the UK. Mm. She is very interesting. And you she just need to hear well, from yeah? her. Yes. Big she's foodie. She's a chef. She's and she has a very un- good, interesting untold story. Yes. And she has an untold story. A very, very interesting very, untold very story interesting that I think is story. it's worth waiting for. Uh, in a second segment. Should be second segment, right? We'll see. We should, okay. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> back on The Untold, being joined by a very interesting character today, not a stranger for KTV2, my very good friend Lucy Moore. Welcome to the show. Hi guys, thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. We have a lot of stories, (laughs) honestly. We spoke before we started this episode, I'm sure this is going to be a beautiful episode. Uh, So shall we? Yes. So we want to start from the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You're obviously from the UK. We want to start with what you've studied. And what brought you to Kuwait? Very easy. So I actually studied media arts as my bachelor's. So the making of film and television. Um, I also have my medallions in acting from uh, Lambda, which is the London Academy of Musical and Dramatical Arts. So I reached the the highest I could get there. So I've been in front of and behind the camera. And then what brought me to Kuwait is friends. I got invited to visit a friend of mine and her fiance here. And this was a decade ago. Uh, 12 years ago, and I said yes. And you've been here since, ever since? Uh, no, I came to visit. I came for a week. I extended okay. to two weeks. I extended to one yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. And then my mom was <laughs> like, you need to come home for your graduation ceremony. So right. I went home. Okay. I then moved to Bahrain for two years, right. and I then got offered a position over here. And that's when I relocated. So that was 2013. And we know that you don't work in the field that you studied in, right? So you don't, and you made a huge shift both in region mm-hmm. and in the career itself. Yep. Right. So I stayed in the field of marketing for quite yeah. a long time. So yeah. I was the managing editor of a magazine. Nice. Uh, I then went into the marketing and business strategy side. So I was always in the realm of media entertainment. Yes. And more specifically, as time went on, I moved into marketing and business strategy in F&B, in food. And food has always been my biggest passion. So it was kind of like merging what I love with what I was doing with my career. And over time, and it sounds so silly because it never occurred to me when I was younger, but over a period of time, I was like, you know what? I think I'd really like to be a chef. Mm. And about a year ago, I started looking into, do I want to go back, you know, and go to culinary school or do I want to learn on the job? And I'd already been working very closely with operations, obviously doing marketing, you Mm -hmm. have to, tie the two together so I thought you know what like I love Kuwait I have an amazing community that I'm part of yeah Um, 
the thought of relocating and then coming back later, I was like, you know, I don't think I want to do that. I think I want to stay and see how much I can learn being here. Of course, yeah. And so I kind of threw caution to the wind. Uh, I joined the place for a while in order to get some more training. Mm. And yeah, now my aspiration is to become a chef full time. So hopefully wow. that's the road oh, I love that it. I'm that's, uh, I, I was actually going to say, I love you, the thing you wrote on your Instagram. It's like following my dreams into the kitchen. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so just and you need to try her food. She's she's very creative, has her own twist on dishes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to mention that sauce you make. What is sauce? Is that special? It is Lucy a very sauce? special Lucy sauce. It's called the crack sauce, and we can't talk about ingredients, I guess. Nope. It's a secret. <laughs> that's the whole point, you know. Yeah, that's the whole point. Um, so, what made you just like fall in love with the Middle East? Um, I think it was, I had friends from the Khalij when I was at university, mm. back in England, and I've always, I think I've been raised to celebrate other cultures. Mm. My parents just put this curiosity in me from a young age, I was six yeah. months old the first time I went on a plane. So they took me all over the place. Um, we, I, we went to Australia when I was three. So I've always just loved learning about other cultures. Amazing. And I think the combination of meeting people from the Middle East and then getting invited to come visit, I was like, wow, this is, there's like so much that is not portrayed in the media. And exactly, I think yeah. growing up in the West, like there was a period of time where there was a lot of negativity around Absolutely. the region. Absolutely. And I think I never bought it. I never believed it. Mm. There was always a part of me that was like, but is it really like that out there? You have there? to see it for yourself, like yeah. confirm it. Is this actually the yeah. reality or just a weird perception uh, that people exactly. have? Exactly. So like, even when I moved to Bahrain, like people were asking my parents, are you worried about my daughter, your yeah. daughter? And my parents were like, no. <laughs> like yeah, we, she can fine. look after yeah, herself. Yeah. And my mom is a very firm believer yeah. that she feels that I'm safer living in Kuwait than I would be than if I lived in London. Wow. Right. Because you, there's very low street crime. There's a very strong sense of community. Absolutely. Like I can safely say if I, you know, ran out of gas and broke down yeah. on the highway here I would say multiple people would stop to help to actually support you whereas yeah, back home people would drive past going oh poor thing. poor thing and you would just be expected to call roadside assistance <laughs> right. and wait for however long they took I so I feel like Absolutely. there is this very strong sense of um, community and mm. hospitality it's a collectivist culture anyway we live yes. in families we it's like a very tribal kind of thing and mm -hmm. this is part of the culture i think yeah. you know i love the fact you said he said at the start Khaliji. she didn't say the gulf that's how you know she's been here for a while <laughs> so invested she's in our so culture invested. she knows yeah. so many like not just random normal words yeah, yeah. she knows like our own uh what do you call it the things I wouldn't know, to be honest. Yeah. I, mean, I was born like and raised here. I was born and raised here. Nuances, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nuances. But I, I'm very inquisitive. So yeah. when, I, when I meet someone, especially if they're passionate about yeah, yeah. their history and heritage mm, and culture, yeah. I will ask questions. I'll be like, why did you do this? Where does that come from? Why this? So you're just a very curious person. Very, See, yes. I, I, So obviously you've been traveling ever since you were about six. Um, mm. I said you went to Australia, was it? And so has this impacted what you do today in food? Like, I'm sure food is... It has a lot of flavors usually. Has the traveling, this curiosity about the world, the Khadij world, uh, inspired anything about your what you cook? Definitely. Um, I'd say, so I was raised a vegetarian. Oh, okay. Something else a little controversial for my parents. Yeah. Um, it wasn't forced, but my mom was a vegetarian, or she is a vegetarian, and I was given the choice, and I naturally just did, nice. you know, f followed what my mom was eating. Mm. So it wasn't until I was 18 that I even tried eating like meat, chicken, things like this. And what was the first meat you ate? Chicken liver. 
chicken liver. <laughs> From being a vegetarian <laughs> for 18 years, the first cut of meat she tried is chicken liver. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it was only because I was working in a Michelin star restaurant at the time. The chef came to me and he'd been saying for a while, you know, if you want to try something, just let me know. Yeah. One day we're in the kitchen and he said, oh, would you like to try something? And, and for some reason that day I said yes. And it just happened to be chicken liver. And That's I went home happened. and I told my mom it was so good. And she was like, of all the things that you would try. It's one thing you like, started with. Yeah. And I told her, but it's amazing. And she was like, That's not how most people feel about chicken <laughs> liver. So I then learned that you know, meat can be made very well or it can be made very badly. But yeah, I think worse. being vegetarian, I always had to try different things. Mm. When, you know, some of these superfoods that have become more popular in recent years were things that were just in my house from when I was young because my mom would be making alternatives. Yeah. And at that age, or like growing up, uh, there weren't as many vegan, vegetarian, ready things on the shelves. Right. Yeah, you had course, to make them. Yeah, yeah. and my, my mom, bless her, is not a huge fan of cooking. So like, oh. I, I was always very inquisitive to try new things and my parents encouraged that. And as I grew up and was more independent from like what we were mm. eating at home, like if we went out somewhere, I would try things. And for a long time, it was I'd try anything as long as it didn't have meat. And then when I did start eating meat and fish, and I would then start trying everything. So wow. the first steak I ever had was a kangaroo steak. Kangaroo yeah. steak. <laughs> that exists, actually. That does. I never knew that. And it's really good. It was when I, I went back to Australia when I was 18. And I was traveling around, and by that point, I'd tried quite a few things uh, from my old uh, yeah. chef and went to this new country and was like, oh, they have yeah. new flavors. So every time I travel, and I think even if I really am very honest, from a yeah. very young age, my favorite place to go in any foreign country is a supermarket. I, I mean, you're a chef, to me. I'm not surprised. You yeah. like the food, you like to cook, and I'm right? assuming you, you go and start imagining plates when you when you see the items. Yeah, yeah, and just like sheer curiosity, like yeah, yeah. what what can I discover? Because mm. now yeah. so much of let's say common ingredients are shared around the world. Like my my mom and dad make Lebanon at home. Really? So, yeah. So you know, like now, like things that are quite common in cuisine are, are like found everywhere. But it, there are still yeah. those things that are like undiscovered or you know haven't yet found their way into mm. other uh, cultures and cuisines so i think my curiosity really leads me down to what can i find that i've yeah, never yeah. heard of so what's your actual favorite cuisine like this i don't have mm. a favorite i mean you've tried a kangaroo steak so i mean, I mean yeah. so. <laughs> do you have a favorite kuwaiti dish i think much bruce i was, I was just saying uh, yeah I, honestly one of <laughs> yeah uh, lamb or chicken it really depends if it's made well, either. Made like well, if it's made no. well, okay. both are equally as good. And I think that that's really my philosophy is if something is made well, yeah. even if it's something you don't like, you yeah. can still enjoy it. And mm -hmm. I challenge myself when I go to good restaurants, I purposefully order things that I do not like the ingredients of because if they're a good chef, I should, like it. Yeah, I should be able to enjoy it. So that's a little challenge I set for myself that, you know, the chefs don't know about, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. And I'm like, the number of times that I've ordered something like celery, I do not like celery, but I've ordered it in very good restaurants and it's been one of the best dishes that day. Yeah, exactly. thing is, obviously you're yeah. talking, you're mentioning this theme in, in conversation where you talk mm. about good, kind of like good eating and healthy eating or not healthy, just ethical perhaps. I don't know what the mm -hmm. word is really because I can look at your business, the, the restaurant uh, or the Lulu's Pantry uh, and I can see from what you wrote on your Instagram, it's like yummy treats and good for you eats. I mm -hmm. mean, obviously that's a very specific mm. kind of slogan and uh, yeah. I'm just curious as to uh, what made you go that direction of kind of like good food. 
I think it's honest ingredients. It's not using stabilizers or preservatives. Yeah. It's real food, mm. and real food can be nutritious for you in so many ways. Yeah. And I really shifted my mentality when I was younger, and I think this comes from like the media. They yeah. were. You know, young women are very impressionable. So everything has to be low fat. Everything has to be diet, and everything has to be stripped of like anything, and and everything just is boring and tasteless and bland, wow. and actually not so nutritious for you. Right. You know, a big a re-education for myself, like unlearning and relearning, was that fat is good for you, natural fat, Absolutely. and it doesn't mean you go and deep fry everything, yeah. but it means that you know the fat in butter or the fat in milk. Yeah, nuts, we said natural avocado. fats, that's the thing though. I think mm -hmm. people don't know the fine line between what's a natural fat Absolutely. and like a, yeah. and a burger yeah. fat. Yeah, and like, yeah. like even in burgers, burgers can be very good for you. Depends but where it gets unhealthy is if you're going to sit and eat five in one go. Right. So it's also like relearning that moderation is good for you. Moderation is always key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you start to have a little bit of everything and, yeah. and have a more mixed diet, and then the other side of healthy that I've been educating myself on is probiotics. Mm -hmm. So where can we introduce into our daily diets like fermentations, uh, sourdough, kefir and things like this that add good bacteria to our gut health and improve our digestion. Such an important to topic that I don't think people know much about to be honest. Yeah, yeah. even for me I feel like I'm a beginner. I've just started I'm, 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 to If you're understand. a beginner, I don't know what I would call uh, ourselves. <laughs> Honestly, I think 100%. Like, I mean, uh, you know, for me it's not about just uh, Fair enough, I'm very careful with what I eat, but I think it's the guilt I get after eating mm. like a very heavy burger and I ate three of them. I oh my god, it's like yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um but it's, yeah, fair. It's, it's a lot. Uh, I love this conversation where it's headed, but I have you but I believe you have an untold story for us right after this break. on the untold continuing our conversation we left off with where I said you have an untold story Lucy Moore here when she was in Bahrain maybe a decade ago mm -hmm. you reverted to Islam yes and we would love to hear your story about that mm. okay so it actually goes back to when I was still in the UK when I was at university um, I actually went through a little bit of a hard time and I was raised without religion right I mentioned earlier my my parents made some unique choices raising me so yeah. I was never christened mm -hmm. and my parents raised me in a very non-religious household I went to Church of England schools but religion was never imposed upon me I was never told you believe or you have to believe or you should believe my parents told me it's completely your choice yeah. so I think for a long time I was just absent of having any belief or faith and I went through this hard time at university and I started getting this feeling of like, God is there, like God is protecting me and he's leading me. And then it was kind of like, what do I do with this? <laughs> like I have this found faith mm -hmm. and where do I go from here? Like, do I, you know, just become Christian because I'm in a Christian country. So the curiosity got the better of me and I started researching. Nice. I started looking into Judaism, Christianity, like obviously growing up in a primarily Christian environment. Mm -hmm outside of the house I knew quite a lot already and around that time I started meeting people from the Middle East I had British Muslim friends yeah. and I'd start asking them about Islam and I kind of say oh you know like why do you why do you do this like what's Ramadan about or you know why do you pray five times a day and you know 
get, trying to just like understand from them like where, where does their faith come from yeah. and the more I asked the more questions I had like not, I, it was never so. enough of an you're answer. You're curious, you're always curious. Yeah and, and there was something again and I feel like you can't always articulate your faith mm -hmm. because it's something that you something feel inside yes. so I knew it was there and I, I, I kind of just felt like okay like I really need to try and understand more about Islam mm. and I want to say it wasn't planned it was more of a coincidence that I ended up moving to Bahrain mm. but I do think like I guess like subhanAllah that was the path for me because right. moving to the Middle East was like oh now I'm like surrounded by Muslims and as much as I grew up in multicultural areas of the UK I was never completely surrounded mm. by the religion yeah so moving to Bahrain again I started asking a lot of questions I met I want to say such a variety of people practicing their faith in different ways I learned more about the history the culture and and that just kind of like I know it just felt so nice like and, I, and actually the first time I ever heard the Adhan was when I visited my friends in Kuwait because I visited them before I went yes. to Bahrain yeah. and when I, I was woken up by Fajr prayer and I didn't know what it was at that time so I was just awoken by this noise and was like wow that's so beautiful like and I asked my friends when they woke up what, what is that and they're like wow. oh that's so cool to prayer and I was like wow, wow. that was like you a, felt something it was amazing but that's a perspective thing that not, not everyone sees it that way I don't think at least I think you just saw I think it. she had the belief yeah. with yeah, yeah, yeah. she connected with very it. much yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like like I think you felt spiritual exactly and I think I've always I've always had that feeling and I, yeah. that's why I find it hard like I stumble with my words because like, how do you articulate something that is so feels so right but you can't necessarily explain why and I because I've been a why person so how do I explain to other people if I don't know how to answer it for myself right. so when I was in Bahrain I started actually going to uh, Islamic school started studying to try and learn more about like so the history invested into it. yeah and yeah. even like I would you know I'd look things up online I'd be on like YouTube which can be a little bit of a rabbit hole mm -hmm. so I did at some point realize I probably shouldn't just click recommended 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 because you know like that takes you the algorithm is never yeah so I kind of would listen to uh, like YouTube shows that were from uh, recommended by friends you know you should listen to this person you should you know read up on this and and I think it just felt right for a long time. So when I went into the school one day, one of the sisters said, you know, if you thought about taking your shahada. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> and she was like, well, do you, f do you feel ready? And I was like, yeah, I think I've been ready for a long time. Mm. And she said, well, would you like to do your shahada here? So this was in, I think it was January, February of 2013. And it was just before I moved to Kuwait, like a few weeks, a couple of months before I moved. And so I took my shahada while I was there. And but if I'm very honest with myself, I knew for a long time. Like uh, that, I, I just knew from yeah, maybe like even two, three years. I wow. think even before coming to Melissa, I knew the answer before I even got there. Wow. And so yeah. taking my shahada was kind of like okay, yeah, that seems like the next logical right. step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I still believe that I'm very early on in my journey yeah, because yeah. I don't speak Arabic and right. I'm learning That's Arabic. That's what I'm saying. The biggest uh, challenge you would have is the language barrier. Yeah. How yeah. to recite the verses mm -hmm. and all that. But you've tackled that. 
I mean, yeah, I'm trying. Prayer, at least. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, it, it's that I'm on that journey, and everyone's journey is unique. Everyone's journey is very personal, and I'm not a big fan of debating religion because I feel like I still need to learn more of it. Absolutely. And that's kind of taught me to be a little bit more humble in that I don't know a lot, so I try and learn from those around me. I try and learn from yeah. reading, but I really want to be able to read the Quran in Arabic mm. because reading it as a translation, I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I not quite getting? What mm. is not, you know, what doesn't translate well into English? Because when I, when I looked up, okay, what's the difference between English and Arabic? The mm. Arabic language, I, I think, has like. 600,000 more words or six times the number of words that, oh, yeah. than the English Arabic language, language has. Arabic language is very vast. It's very yeah, yeah, yeah. rich. Very so very like, rich. if there's like 10 ways of saying it in Arabic, mm -hmm. there's one way of saying one it in English. English. So yeah. it's also that, okay, What's how much can I not understand by reading a translation? So I am trying to learn more Arabic. I yeah. study every day in uh, an application right now. Are you actually? Okay, no, wow, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm, and but I, that must be... I mean, as Ahmed said, it's a long journey to learn Arabic. Yeah. Because it's, 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 I mean, for yeah. us, it's obviously first language, but yeah. it is yeah. challenging it for is the very people that are just encountering Especially it. at an older age, learning any kind of yeah. language. Yeah. Yeah. And I am not a natural linguist. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have never found it easy but there's learning a driving any other force behind yeah. There's a very strong yeah. drive, yeah. but yeah. I think because you hear it all around you, and that's going to help you. Usually, yes. that's how people learn uh, yeah. fast. Yeah. Uh, when they watch things in Arabic, they hear people yeah. speak Arabic, and um, yeah, I mean, I think from your story, I just see how the power of kind of like asking why, uh, where it can get you. Obviously, you're someone that was just asking why, why, yeah. why, why is this like that, why is this like that? Uh, and you didn't want to be spoon-fed things because of cultural reasons. Yeah. You just want to discover it by yourself. And I think that that definitely is not, um, not everyone's like that. Yeah, yeah. And she's so invested in Arabic. Yeah. And we're both pet lovers. And uh, how do you tell your dog to sit? Yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, day. Like literally uses I'm Arabic the dog words, the female, yeah. teaching the yeah, dog. She is. She is. <laughs> she, is. <laughs> she is. Yeah. And it's Cleo. Hi, Cleo. <laughs> I love. I love that dog. She's. She's just Thank very you. fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we just segued into yeah. pets. Sorry. <laughs> Whole other conversation. <laughs> Whole other conversation. Um, so, what is next? What is in the future? I hear that you're uh, going to the embassy for the king's. Uh, Coronation. Coronation. <laughs> Tell me about that. Um, so I've been invited by the British Embassy, which okay. obviously is my embassy, yeah. um, to be one of the uh, partners mm -hmm. per, who's going to serve food at the King's Coronation Street Party event, which is so exciting because I, I'm still so shy to put myself out there. I'm just moving into, you know, I still consider myself a trainee chef. So when I was introduced to them and they said, you know, like uh, we've been looking for British chefs in Kuwait. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way there. And they were like, well, you know, we'd love to support you. And I think one of the most incredible things I've discovered in the last couple of months is just how much support I have out there for my community. And yeah. I've always been very integrated in the local community. AJ knows this, most of my friends are Kuwaiti and like expats from other countries. Okay. I've never been very much a part of the British community here because my parents told me if you live in another country, you're not living in another country to hang out with British people. So I, I took that to heart. I agree with you. Yeah, so now I'm seeing that, oh, I have like my, my other community which is my British community and they're also coming out to support me awesome. and so participating in that is for me just incredible it's a, it it's is like a big, huge big. it's a huge yeah uh, I was talking do. with friends earlier and uh, this is the first coronation that both my generation and my parents generation will see yeah, true. because for the late queen has been around yeah. for 
decades. Decades, like I want to say almost it, a century. Yeah, I, I think what was it nearly 70 years, or I'm, I'm yeah, not very yeah, good at the a lot. dates, but um, you know, so this is a huge occasion. Um, they've invited me to one of the celebrations on the day of the coronation, awesome. and then I'm actually going to be serving the king's official recipe, which is a quiche. A quiche wow. is like a pastry yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's got right. cheese and yeah. other yummy things in there. So I'm going to be serving that along with some of my dips at the actual street party where they've invited more than 400 people or three or 400 people. It's good for you. That's very good exposure, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's it's but it, it's definitely a big step forward, perhaps? Uh, yeah, it's, it's got that element of I'm like, oh, oh, this is like real. Like now I'm, I'm not just telling my friends what I'm doing and yeah. I'm not just telling my you know work associates oh by the way i've launched my own food concept now i'm telling strangers <laughs> at yeah. a very official event and i'm like you know what i i feel excited i love that you're proud of it very proud yeah yeah i feel like i get to to be able to show the heritage that i come from and th this is actually the food that i'm going to be serving through all of my concepts yeah. because there's going to be different elements to it that the the food i serve is a uh, celebration of my heritage yeah fused with an homage to the culture that has given me a home. So I'm doing Anglo-Arab food. Anglo-Arab yeah. food. See, that's very, very smart approach. It's just, I'm so curious, like uh, Lucy that was uh, back at uni, that was doing Kappa Media and so on, did she ever imagine herself to be talking about the story? About food? Did you see this? Did you ever envision, envision this life? I think I've, I've always known that I would live an exciting life. Yeah. Mm. And partly because I've never wanted to plan anything. I've Was never. Was there ever a dream? As I, a younger. Um, yeah. I remember being very young and wanted to, wanting to be a vet. A vet? And then discovering that you'd have wow. to put down an animal if you couldn't. And, and, and I was like, no, I can't do that. I'm so sorry. Um, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Able to yeah. And then I did for a while wanted to be a lawyer. And honestly, I didn't believe that academically I could achieve it. So I didn't pursue it. Mm -hmm. And I still have a very keen interest in law. I'm a big believer that everyone should mm -hmm. know their rights. Absolutely. I'd say I'm an advocate of that. I yeah. actually help other members of the expat community understand their labor law rights mm -hmm. because there's a lot of um, miscommunication Absolutely. and and, and often companies use it to their advantage yeah, yeah. that their staff don't know their rights. So I'm a big advocate of uh, you know speaking up for people that maybe uh, can't speak up for themselves. Um, and yeah, I, I, and then probably food. I just always loved food, food and acting. <laughs> Acting. I think the things that I just yeah. adore doing. I love how you said you didn't plan for much, but I'm sure, as Ahmed said, you had a vision at least for the future. Mm. And I think a lot of people recently I've been talking to, they're seeing the exact same trend. Like, I actually didn't plan much about my life. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's the answer I started saying about my own life as well. But sometimes people have this debate or argument that you have to plan everything in your yeah. life. And you have to plan it step by step. Take it day by day. But here you, you are. Never, I mean, I think exactly. Yeah, you take, take it day by day. and uh, You never you, know where your life leads you. I've always followed my heart. That's good. If it, if it, and, I, and I've left, I've been very good at leaving situations that are not healthy to be in um, and going with that gut instinct of like, you deserve better. Yeah. Mm. And that pursuit of, I'd say, happiness, because uh, I think a lot of people, they, they make decisions based on money. And right. years ago, I told myself that like, you cannot be tied to money. If you're always tied to this, this is how people can control you. And yes. actually, if you release those shackles of materialism, 
you you can live a lot more freely Absolutely. and my my target in life and when people ask me like oh you're building a company so you can sell it and make money and i'm like no i like what That's i actually my want end game. yeah i want freedom i want that if i yeah. want to take a few days off and fly to another country for yeah. a meeting i can and i can explore opportunities and and for me the most valuable thing is my freedom yeah. and being able to have that autonomy over myself absolutely we're reaching the end of our show and usually we ask our guests to have like any advice so i would ask you for any advice for aspiring chefs aspiring entrepreneurs and even foreigners from the uk maybe about kuwait any last words you have oh explore explore <laughs> ask why yeah ask why get out explore, explore. be open to opportunities and I think just um, keep an open mind. Yeah, follow your heart. Follow your really heart. follow your heart. I think that's the takeaway from today's yeah. episode. Follow your heart. We'll be right back. Thank you so Thank you much. So much. Thank, Thank you so much Thank for you. coming on the show. We'll be back for the wrap up right after this. What an episode tonight. Beautiful, wow, beautiful, beautiful story. conversation, yeah. beautiful untold story like we spoiled in the beginning <laughs> of our show. <laughs> exactly. No, I think And she I just love hearing their take on it, you know? I think Lucy has a lot to say mm -hmm. and uh, definitely one episode doesn't, doesn't do it justice, doesn't to be justice. honest. Yes. Um, and it's just from, from one topic to the other, you feel like there's way more to talk about. Yeah. It's just we have to come back, cut it short and Absolutely. tell the audience yeah, obviously yeah, everything yeah. about yeah, this woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, good luck to her with Good luck to does. you with everything you're doing and the businesses you're going to open up. 100%. And I cannot wait to try more of your food. The dip, and hopefully the dip, the dip, the dip. And, and I'll invite you too. <laughs> yes, sir. thank you so much. Join us next time for another exciting episode of The Untold. Ahmed Mazidi. Good night. Good night.